Welcome back to another episode of American Football the British Way. I'm your host, British, like the people. And I don't know exactly how we got here, but it's week 18. It is the final week of the regular season of NFL football. I'm crying. You're crying. Um, We're all sad. It's weird. I'm recording this on Thursday. I'm not watching football. There is no Thursday night football at the end of the season. And they do this to just make sure that every team has a full proper amount of rest before going into week 18. Let me back you up. It's week 18 and I haven't talked to you in a while. And I'm so sorry. You know, honestly, My passion for football has not died. My passion for sharing information with you guys about the game isn't gone, but I need you. I need you to tell me that you're listening, that you care, that I'm getting to you, that we're getting somewhere because I need a little bit of validation in order to keep going. Um, I was just feeling a little defeated and I thought, let me take a step back and just do what I do best, which is enjoy the game, talk about it with my friends, talk about it with coworkers, and just see where we get from there. And hopefully I can revitalize my joy in explaining the game to you in a way that is as simple as possible so that you understand what you're watching when you're watching. I'm feeling rejuvenated though, and we're here. So let's talk about it. This is the final week of the regular season, and there are so many implications there. For some teams, this is it. This is just the last game that they'll play this season, uh, and they're finished for until fall comes back around again. But for some teams, this week is the make it or break it week. This week will fully determine if they get to go into the postseason. Last time I talked to you, I gave you a little bit of insight into the playoffs, but today we are going to fully dive in as this is team's last chance to make it or break it. So right now we're sitting with the number one seeds already determined. Let me back up and remind you, there are 14 teams that are going to make it to the playoffs, seven from the NFC seven from the AFC. So the number one seed from the NFC is the San Francisco 49ers. They're clinched. They're in nothing there to move. Whether they win or lose this weekend, they're in the number one spot. Uh, And the same for the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens. That number one spot was super important for a number of reasons. One, though, that's huge is they get a round one buy. So that wild card round of the playoffs, they don't have to play at all. And then the next round of the playoffs, they get home field advantage. So it's huge. Players get to rest for an extended period of time between now and the postseason, which can be remarkable for teams. Some say, though, It could be awful for teams. Uh, There's definitely debate out there about rest versus rust. Like, are you getting rusty because you've been sitting around and not continuing to play the game? Or are you going to come back with fresh legs because you finally got an extended period of rest that you never had during the season? Yes, every team gets a bye and that's one week, but the extension for having the number one seed is not the same as just having a bye week. So it could be super important, but those teams are completely locked in. 
Now, for the rest of the teams, you know, when we talk about the playoffs, seeding is super important. So those number one seeds are done, but seeds two through seven have not fully been figured out. And that's going to be super important because of how the seeding works. When you get to the wild card round, the number two seed will play the number seven seed. So the idea is that the better team is going to play the worst team of the bunch that made it to the playoffs in that division. Three then plays six, and what tends to be the best game of wildcard weekend, four plays five. Now, it didn't always used to be 14 teams. That's only been since 2020. It used to be 12 teams, Um, but now they extended to where there's you know, an extra wild card team that plays. Uh, those first four spots are all your division leaders, and then you get three extra teams from each side. So here are the teams that no longer have a chance at all to make it to the playoffs. Uh, first of all, RIP to me because both of the teams that I root for are completely eliminated. So the Bears and the Bengals, both out of the playoffs, no matter what they do this weekend, they're not going to get in. The Panthers, ooh, can we just take one second to gossip a little bit about what's going on with the Panthers organization? Their owner, multi-billionaire with a B, multi-billionaire owner, was caught on video throwing an alcoholic drink out of his suite onto some fans during their last game. Uh, The Panthers were playing the Jaguars during that game. Now it's thought to be that he ended up throwing the drink on what were Jaguar fans, but it is very clear in the video that he is throwing his drink at people. The NFL fined him $300,000 which to a billionaire is, I mean, nobody wants to lose money. Don't get me wrong. I don't even want to lose pennies. And that would probably be the closest, (laughs) the closest comparison from uh, a billionaire losing $300,000 to me losing any form of change. Uh, But still, I'm, I'm not really sure that being fined $300,000 makes you really feel the burn of what you did as an NFL owner, other than the fact that now everybody's talking about you and how you're running your organization into the ground and how you have no respect for the people that are in your stadium and your frustration is leaking over onto the fans and you get your fans turned against you. Bye-bye because a big part of the money comes from people showing up in the stands. You need that. They were running some crazy deals on Panthers games throughout the season because the Panthers just performed so poorly all season, but it is wild. And this man had the nerve to double down and basically say, oh, woe is me. You know, people shouldn't all have these phones and able to record anyone in any given second. And also like billionaires are held to such a higher standard than everybody else. The last time I checked, if you threw a drink at somebody, like you would get in trouble for it. You're, yeah, the owner of this team, and therefore you are expected to abide by the NFL policies that were put in place. And that is not under a proper code of conduct. So pull yourself together. 
Um, if you need to share your billions, if you need some help, you know, you, you want to run PR, I'm available. Okay. I can, I can make Carolina blue work for me. (laughs) I, I don't think he's asking, but I'm just saying like somebody around him needs to help him get a grip. Okay. Anyway, the Panthers are eliminated. Broncos, Chargers, Patriots, Jets, Titans, Raiders, Cardinals, Commanders, and Giants all got the axe. None of them are able to make it to the playoffs. Then you get a little bit fun, a little bit dicey. You have your in the hunt category. Now, in the last couple weeks of the season, the in the hunt graphic, I know that's something that we've previously talked about, always gets different and tighter, or it's a ridiculously long list of teams um, because there are so many factors that go into who makes it to the playoffs. You can win, but then you need two other teams to lose, or if you lose, but one team wins, another team loses, you might make it. So if you go online, or even if you just turn on you know, ESPN or NFL Network or something like that, you're bound to see the playoff profitability, like factors and and statistics that they have going all the time that show you, you know, a full web of if this team does this and this team, you know, cries or this team does this, (laughs) like who's going to make it where. Um, But to me, it's a lot easier to just kind of lay it out. Um, And by the way, you know, there are four teams in the AFC that are already locked in and five teams in the NFC that are locked in. So really, we're only looking at mm, three teams for the AFC and two teams left for the NFC to make it into the playoffs to begin with. So there's a limited amount of space left because division leaders who have already clinched their division are automatically in the playoffs. Now there are some things that work in terms of like seeding that still happens with some teams that have clinched the playoffs, not necessarily the division winners, but not every division has a clear winner that's already been established. So here are your teams that are still in the hunt, the Jaguars, the Buccaneers, Bills, Packers, and Colts. Finally, you have your teams that are considered like on the bubble. They're basically on the biggest brink of not making it in, but there are several special circumstances that I will get into that would allow these teams to get into the playoffs still. And those teams are the Texans, Steelers, Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, and Packers. Your teams that are in officially for the AFC are the Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, and Browns. And then for the NFC, it's the 49ers, Cowboys, Lions, Eagles, and Rams. So with that being said, week 18 is a week where every single team is going to play a game. Whether it means they make it to the postseason or not, Every single team is on the schedule to play. So there's a lot of football to watch. And this weekend, it's happening in only two days. You're going to have two games on Saturday and then 14 games on Sunday. It's a lot. But luckily, I'm going to break down for you the games that you should even care about paying any attention to. When it comes to Saturday and there only being two games, it'll be a lot easier to keep your focus 
That 4.30 game is the Steelers at the Ravens. Now, I mentioned earlier that the Ravens already locked in their number one spot. So one big thing that comes out this week a lot is the teams have been announcing what players will and won't be playing in week 18. See, the fact that the Ravens don't stand to gain anything truly by winning the game means that it doesn't make sense for them to play a lot of their starters. Why is this? Well, you don't want to take the risk of somebody getting injured in a meaningless game. If they were playing for seeding in the playoffs or they were playing just to make it in the playoffs, it's a completely different situation. But why would you want any of your star players to get hurt before the postseason? If you have a chance to rest them and sit them, that's exactly what you're going to do. The Steelers, on the other hand, have to win. So if they win, they still have a chance to get in. They need to win. But if they lose, it's still potentially possible that they could get in. It's just based on other teams winning. It's really convoluted, honestly, these things. Right now, the Steelers aren't actually in the playoffs. If they win, they can clinch and make it to the playoffs, but the Titans have to beat the Jaguars or the Dolphins have to beat the Bills. So they not only have to win, but the Titans or the Dolphins have to win. If they lose, technically they could still get that final seven seed, but they would need the Titans to beat the Jaguars and the Broncos to beat the Raiders. So it's a little bit of a long ladder for them to get there, but it's not completely impossible. Then you have your night game on Saturday night. In my opinion, there are three games this entire weekend that are must-watch games. One of them, yes, I'm very biased on, but this one is just the fact that this game is so important to both teams. That 8:15 Eastern game is the Texans at the Colts. So the Texans need to win, and then they get in. If they lose, they are out. It is as simple as that. The Colts, the Colts need to win and then they get in. And if they lose, they are out. I'll be honest, that's probably the most simple game of this whole weekend to to face. Um, It's a win and get in, period, for both teams. So talk about having the game on the line. And it should be a good game. C.J. Stroud, the rookie quarterback of the Texans, just came back last week. He had a concussion, so he was out for a little bit, but he's back to playing like himself. Um, And he is not going down without a fight. And then the Colts, you know, they've been running their backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew, for the majority of the season because their rookie quarterback went out on a season-ending injury. However, Minshew has put them in position where they can still potentially go to the playoffs, which is pretty exciting. Um, I don't have a dog in this fight. I love the idea that a rookie could have turned an entire organization around and really like rallied him. They have a head coach that I believe is his first year as a head coach, which is awesome also if that means he's 
you know, taking a brand new guy and really just sky's the limit what it looks to be for the Texans. So it should make for a really, really good game. And then we get to Sunday. Sunday feels like if the Super Bowl is the absolute top of the games, like this is the beginning of the pyramid climb. Like this is it. 14 games happening on Sunday with so many of them having implications for the playoffs. Now, I did not list out every single game that's happening on Sunday to talk to you about because frankly, it's a lot. And there are some games being played that are absolutely meaningless, not necessarily to the players. However, to the next part, sorry, to the next part of our you know, football watching experience and the next level of learning and understanding the NFL, like you have to pay attention to a certain number of games. So let's go through one o'clocks. You have your Falcons at the Saints. This is an important game. If the Falcons lose, they no longer have a chance to go to the playoffs. However, if they win, they also need the Panthers to beat the Bucks who are also playing at one o'clock. The Saints, if they lose, they're also out. However, if they win, they need the Panthers to beat the Bucks or they need the Packers and Seahawks to lose. Are you following me? Because it's a lot. I probably should have drawn you a map or a grid, but would you even know where to find it? Are you even following me on Instagram or TikTok? Okay. How about I'll work on that this weekend, making sure that there's something up for all of my followers to see this crazy grid. And maybe I can try to update it in real time, or at least I'll find one from ESPN for you to show you because it's exciting and it's going to be difficult to follow. So let me reiterate Falcons and Saints. If they lose either one of them, they're out. If the Falcons win, they also need the Panthers to win. If the Saints win, they also need the Panthers to beat the Bucks or both the Packers and the Seahawks to lose. Okay? Then you have your Vikings at Lions, which is divisional play. So you know it's going to be tough one way or the other, even if it didn't matter. Um, if the Vikings lose, they're out. They don't have any more chances. However, if they win, they also need the Seahawks and Packers to lose and a win from the Panthers or the Falcons. See what I mean about how it's all convoluted? Very, very just. You need every little bit and piece to happen. But it's kind of fun. It's like one of the only times you really get teams rooting for the success of the other teams. Obviously, everyone wants to be the champion at the end, but only one team can do that. But in this instance, you actually have teams going, okay, where are we at? It's one o'clock. We need who else to win or who to lose in order to follow along. The Lions, as I mentioned earlier, already have secured their playoff spot. They're playing for seeding. So if the Eagles lose and the Cowboys lose, then they can be the number two seed, which means they'd have to play the seven seed in that first wild card game. Ultimately, that just means they potentially have 
a shot at playing a team that's not as strong right away and will help them move on to the next step and getting that number two seed can also get them home advantage so that's why that's important you then have the jaguars who really have just taken a fall from grace they won last week but a couple weeks before that were rough um so they need they need a win they are playing at the tennessee titans Um, in order for them to be in the best situation possible they need to win that will get them a four seed if they lose then they're gonna end up and i'm sorry if they lose and the raiders and ravens win then they'll get the seven seed so they're definitely playing big time for certain seeding and figuring out what's going to happen there because right now they they have the key to clinch the division the crazy part is like there is still a chance that they don't make it to the playoffs at all that's their worst case scenario so if they lose they'll get the number seven seed if the ravens beat the steelers and the raiders beat the broncos it's i mean it's crazy and convoluted as i mentioned but Do your best to keep up. If nothing else, what's really good is if you're watching the games, they're going to be talking about it constantly because they're going to have live updates of what's going on. And remember, the majority of these games are happening at one o'clock. So a lot of it is going to be like real time updates. Um, Watch your tickers at the bottom of the screen. Listen in during halftime because you're going to get, you know, a better understanding of where everybody is at that time. Like I mentioned before, you also have the Bucks at Panthers and the one o'clock. Um, the Bucks need a win in order to get in. If they lose, they're out. It's as simple as that. The Panthers have no choice one way or the other. They have officially clinched the number one draft spot uh, in the coming draft, which is great to me because the Bears own that pick. And we'll get into all of that, you know, when we get more towards the postseason and and we're talking about what it looks like every team is going to do when it comes to the draft and and how draft picks work and how they can get traded, et cetera, et cetera. Now you get to your four o'clock games, which luckily there's less of them, but there's still big implications. Um, You remember I said that there are three games this weekend that I'm paying the absolute most attention to. The first one was that Saturday night game. The second one, It's my personal Super Bowl. Uh, 100%. It is my personal Super Bowl. Please don't anybody talk to me. If you are not here with me, then you are against me. I don't want anything to do with anyone who isn't trying to watch this game and root for my team. And that is the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Now the Bears, while they're not playing for a playoff spot, they're playing for pride. They're playing for... A division rivalry that has been very long standing. Our quarterback Justin Fields is playing for his starting position. There's a lot on the line here. Um, and also, they're here to play spoiler because if the Packers lose, they could be out of the chance at the playoffs. Now, if the Packers win, they're in. 
However, they lose. They are out if either the Vikings or the Seahawks win their games. So we will be rooting for the Bears to win and then either the Vikings to beat the Lions or the Seahawks to beat the Cardinals, one of which is absolutely possible. And honestly, at this point, either of which is possible because while the Lions are kind of hoping to play for seeding, their seeding really is not up to them. It's up to the Eagles and the Cowboys. So if they decide they want to sit some people, it wouldn't be outrageous. Uh, the Cardinals have one of the worst records in the league and they've been playing tough. They did have a surprising upset against the Cowboys earlier in the season. They had a surprising upset against the Eagles last week. However, because the Seahawks have something to really, really, you know, try for, it's likely that they can beat them. So four o'clock bears at Packers in Lambeau. We lost to them in game one of this season and to be part of what could spoil their chances in week 18 of going to the playoffs. I just, ooh, chef's kiss. It is it. That's the one. I'm ready. It's my Super Bowl. I'm pre-gaming um, at my house with my kids, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I'm doing something. I'm getting hyped up. I'm getting amped up uh, because that's it. I'm excited. Like I mentioned, other four o'clock games, you have the Seahawks at Cardinals. Now, what's interesting is we need the Seahawks to win and uh, the Seahawks need us to win because if they win and the Bears win, then they make it in the playoffs. If they lose, they're out. So that's it. There's nothing for the Cardinals other than pride uh, and some other things that we'll talk about later. But ultimately, Seahawks need to win and they need the Bears to win. You then have Eagles at Giants. Eagles have already clinched a playoff spot. However, they're hoping to get the number two seed. If they lose to the Giants, they're automatically going to be the number five seed. If they win and the Cowboys lose, they move up to that number two seed. So huge for them. Uh, Very similar for the Cowboys at Commanders, also in that four o'clock hour. If they win, they get the number two seed. If they lose... And the Eagles also lose, then they'll still be okay. But if they lose and the Eagles win, then they're going to be the five seed. It flip flops there. They've got the same record. They're in the same division and uh, they'll end up with the head over the Eagles uh, based on a plethora of things strength of schedule, divisional wins, um, et cetera. Finally, in that four o'clock hour, you have the Rams at 49ers. Now, I normally wouldn't have put this game here because both teams are already in. Uh, the Rams do, however, if they win, they can be the sixth seed. And if they lose, they'll be the seventh seed if the Packers win. So it's once again, it's not as important, but given that there's only a few four o'clock games, it's not too difficult to mention. Then finally, the piece de resistance, the most important game of the day to the majority of NFL fans, again, maybe not to me, but to the majority of NFL fans, is your Sunday night game, 820 Eastern, Buffalo Bills at Miami Dolphins. This game's going to be insane, truly. Um, I can't believe that this is the position that we're in at this point of the year. Uh, 
the Buffalo Bills are in the wildest situation in pretty much all of the league. If they win this game, they become the division champions for their division, then they get the number two seed. If they lose, however, there is still a strong possibility that they don't make it to the playoffs at all. How do you go from potentially being the division winner to not making it to the playoffs at all? If they lose and the Steelers and Jaguars win, then they could be out. Absolutely wild. Versus the Dolphins, who want to get a win because that gives them the number two seed. And if they lose, they're still in the playoffs, but they move down to the sixth seed. It's going to be a big game too, because the Dolphins got steamrolled last week by the Ravens. Uh, I think everybody thought and hoped that that game would be a little bit closer, but it was it was the Ravens playing chess and the Dolphins playing checkers. They just weren't on the same playing field at all. Uh, now, the Dolphins have suffered through several injuries. Uh, two of their major offensive weapons, Mo- um, Mostert and Waddle, were both out of the game last week and didn't play at all. So obviously that goes along with it. Even if you're not targeting those people, having them on the field at the same time helps. Um, so both of them being out didn't help. And then they had a very unfortunate situation happen with one of their players who suffered a season-ending injury, uh, you know, tore his ACL. That was Bradley Chubb. And the argument could absolutely be made that at that point in the game, they were down, I don't know, 30 when this happened. Like, why is he still playing? You guys know you're making it to the postseason. You're a playoff team. Put your starters, you know, on the sidelines. Yes, there's pride, but you're already down by 30. How much more pride are you looking to, to, you know, get back on your side? Like, protect your team. Uh, it, it stinks because he was playing well, uh, and now he won't be able to help them at all in the postseason. And they've had, you know, several instances of injuries to starters that have really hurt them this year. So it is a testimony to the team that they've made it this far, but the Ravens and they just didn't even look like they were playing at the same level. You know, the Ravens were division one football team and the Dolphins looked like they, you know, just started their team not that long ago. (laughs) There was a couple of nice plays, but ultimately like they just, they couldn't do anything. The, The Ravens were able to do literally everything they wanted to pass, run everything. So those are your weekend games week 18. I mean, I just want to be in it tomorrow. I'm recording this on Thursday. Like I mentioned, and you know, I, we have one more day, (laughs) one more day until we get to football. Um, and I'm trying to savor it because ultimately like it's almost over. (laughs) Um, the fact that we're in a new, oh, happy new year. We're in a new year. Welcome. Uh, I hope you had a great time on new year's Eve. I, um, had to set an alarm to wake myself and my husband up at 11:55 PM so that we could actually remember to ring in the new year. We were exhausted because we have children. Uh, and it was, you know, nice to rest, but, 
we did wake up to ring in the new year. So that is exciting. But yeah, like being that it's January, there's not a lot of time left in the NFL before we're just fighting our way through the summer and every little bit of information that pops out in the media becomes a big deal because it's all we have. Uh, The stories really get stretched out once you get to a certain point because there's just nothing left. One other thing that I really wanted to mention to you guys about week 18 is that, you know, I said that there are teams that are playing for nothing. Like, yes, they'll potentially still play starters because they are professionals and this is their job. However, they're not playing for any sort of postseason hopes. But what they are playing for are a lot of individual incentives. And since we like to chat a little bit about betting on this podcast, it's one really cool thing to pay attention to for your prop bets, meaning those bets you take on specific players to do certain things like rush a certain amount of yards, get a certain amount of um, receiving yards, or just a certain amount of catches, or maybe you're also looking at defensive plays like sacks. Um, There are a lot of performance bonuses that are relevant to week 18 meaning players need to finish out certain things in their contract in order to hit bonuses. Here are some examples that I found. When it comes to the Texans, Dalton Schultz, he has still $500,000 in incentives. If he gets six receptions, he's going to get $250,000. If he gets 107 receiving yards, he'll get another $250,000. Yeah. A lot. DeAndre Hopkins, who plays on the Titans, is sitting with $1.5 million left in incentives. He needs two touchdowns, that gets him $250,000. Seven receptions, that gets him $250,000. And only 49 more receiving yards to make a million. Like, I don't, I mean, I get the Titans aren't really playing for anything. But if I'm them, if I'm him, I'm saying, uh, I'm in this game and you're going to pass me the ball (laughs) and we're going to do our best here. Same thing, like the Vikings and Lions are playing each other. Both teams have somebody on an incentive list. Um, Falcons and Saints, you know, Falcons absolutely have people with incentives, including um, Bud Dupree. He's a defensive player, like if he gets 1.5 more sacks, because I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but when you're on defense, technically you can get a sack called with somebody else. Like, so you only get half a sack for that. But if he gets one and a half more sacks, he gets another million dollars. Like these incentives are really big money. (laughs) So that's something that gets pulled up. You can you can just kind of Google like week 18 player incentives and find different lists. Now, not all your sports books have the odds out yet and what it would be like to try to bet on these different incentives. But the closer we get to the games, the more likely that those odds will come out. And you'll see like, oh, I mean, what's the chances if somebody's, you know, minus 100 to hit their incentive like that's probably something you throw into a parlay uh something easy because you know like their teammates are going to probably try to help them get there now the sneaky thing is 
if there are teams that start holding plays from players because they're trying to keep from having them get paid out. And that's always something to watch too, because what are you going to do if your coach doesn't put you in or the play never gets called as a pass to you or, you know, they don't hand you the ball to even try to rush for the amount of yards you need. It's interesting. Um, You know, yes, you could have tried to get all those things before week 18, but I think the idea is that like you should have your final game available to hit all your bonuses possible. We do that in the real world. You know, you have a bonus at your job or something like that, that goes to the end of the month, best believe day 30 or 31, you're in the office trying to make it happen. At least I am every single month. So I can't imagine that these players wouldn't be doing the exact same thing. Finally, let's do our football jeopardy of the episode. This game dates all the way back to 1939 for its beginning. What is the Pro Bowl? So very, very recently, the Pro Bowl winners were announced. Um, Let me tell you that This game dates all the way back to 1939. It's had several iterations since then. But what you're looking at for the Pro Bowl is a list of players in different skill positions that are voted on by fans, other players, and coaches to make an all-star roster. The game now is on February 4th. They're playing it in Orlando. It's a flag football game. They try to make it as safe as possible there are still going to be plenty of players that opt out because they don't want to get hurt potentially going into the postseason. Um, Nobody wants to get hurt playing a game that doesn't actually matter, but it's for pride. And also it definitely is for contract talks because if you can write, oh, you know, elected to the Pro Bowl four years in a row on your NFL resume, That's going to mean something when you're trying to have negotiations for your contract, or maybe you're potentially looking at going to a different team and, you know, negotiating with them about, or having your agents negotiate with them about what you deserve to be paid. Like if you're a pro bowl player, that means yes, the fans, they do get a third of the vote, but you know, two thirds of the votes from the players and coaches are saying you're the best of the best in your position. There's something to be said about that. Now, the majority of the teams do have at least one player representing them. However, the Panthers, the Packers, the Commanders, and the Patriots, goodness, haven't had this happen to them since the year 2000, all got completely shut out. None of them have even one player that was sent, um, you know, virtually sent or selected to the Pro Bowl this year, which is crazy. I mean, to say that an entire team doesn't have one player that you think is worthy of making it to the Pro Bowl is wild. And when you really look at that list, given that the Packers are on the list and they could potentially make it to the playoffs and still don't have one Pro Bowl player, that's, I mean, I feel like that says a lot. Now their team is very young, And that probably has a lot to do with it. But some of the people selected to the Pro Bowl were rookies. So 
I don't know. Um, my team did have two players. Shout out to Montez Sweat, Jalen Johnson, both making it and supporting the Bears. Uh, my secondary team, the Bengals, did have two players. Okay, Jamar Chase and Trey Hendrickson, both making it to the Pro Bowl. Let's go. And who knows? I don't know if any of them will actually play. Uh, maybe the Bears players will. I think they're excited. Uh, but again, the game is meant to be safe so that you're not getting hurt. Um it's a fun thing for fans, you know, if you go to the Pro Bowl, I do believe nowadays they do like some skills competitions and they allow fans to try out their own skills. It's fun. It's another way for the NFL to, you know, get views and money, but really it's supposed to be a testament to the best of the best players. So there you have it. Uh, that is everything that I have for you this week. Get excited cry it out. I understand it's sad that this is the last week of the regular season, but really like be excited because that means we've got playoff football coming. And I promise that I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.